This month's podcasts are sponsored by Aubergine Legal. Do you sometimes worry that your business isn't meeting all its legal compliance requirements and wonder if you're ticking all the legal boxes? Are you losing sleep worrying about a piece of legislation that you may or may not be complying with? Perhaps you need some help with your client contracts or your data protection compliance. Or maybe you're worried that your website doesn't have the right documents or legal notices in the right place. Perhaps you have a brand that you want to protect with a trademark. How about if you could outsource it all and eliminate all of your worries? If so, then get in touch with Aubergine Legal, a friendly commercial legal consultancy offering practical and clear commercial legal advice without the overwhelming legal jargon, taking the worry away and helping you to protect your business and minimise your risks. Aubergine offers a free 30-minute consultation if you have any questions or want to find out if they can help. And you can access this link and book your free 30-minute call via the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Bring Your Product Ideas to Life podcast. Practical advice and inspiration to help you create and sell your own physical products. Here's your host, Vicky Weinberg. Today on the podcast, I'm talking to Janet Murray. Janet is one of the UK's leading content marketing experts. She's the creator of the Courageous Content Planner, an A4 desk planner packed with content ideas, prompts, planning templates and checklists. She's the founder of Courageous Content Live, a virtual content planning event, the host of the Courageous Content Podcast and a keynote speaker. So today we're talking a lot about planners. We talk about how to create them and how to sell them. I also mentioned that Janet's a content expert and so we talk a lot about how to create fantastic content around your products and your product's business. It's a great episode, there's lots to learn and Janet even has a special offer for you towards the end so do keep listening. I'd now love to introduce you to Janet. So hi Janet, thank you for being here. Thanks so much for having me. Could we start with you please give an introduction to yourself, your business and what you sell? So I'm Janet Murray and I guess I think think of myself as an accidental product-based business owner. I never imagined that I would launch a product but I sell a, a planner so it's a content planner for entrepreneurs, coaches and creatives. I do that alongside I have a, an online membership community and uh, I also have a, an event that I do a content planning event but the focus is really on this content planner um, going forward uh, it's to help people stay consistent with their content and also to help them come up with ideas it's got awareness days and key dates and content prompts and ideas and I think I'm right in saying it's the fifth year I've done it I think 2017 was the was the first one so I think that's actually is that year six I don't know but it's uh it's certainly it was a, an idea that kind of started off as a bit of a whim on the back of an envelope and a product that has developed over time shall we say oh thank you um I've got so many questions because you say you accidentally created a product so what inspired you to create that first planner five years ago or however long it was so it was really about solving people's problems so before I was working in the online space as an entrepreneur I was a journalist in fact I was still kind of working some of the time as a journalist then and so having created content professionally for a living I, I got online and everybody was like struggling with content and they were like I don't really know what to post and when to post it and I was like well that's that's easy isn't it because I was a journalist and I was used to having to work to basically a content calendar so when you work 
on a newspaper or for a newspaper there's two types of content you create there's on diary and off diary so on diary is the events like the parliamentary debates or the events in your industry that are coming up big things like royal weddings or you know things that people expect and then off diary is like your breaking news like your facebook and instagram and whatsapp going down and sending everybody into in into uh, into a spin so um and i was very used to working with a calendar and planning forward like they could actually call it forward planning so I also had this sense as well of timing so my editor would always say to me well why do people need to hear about this now and so we called it a hook like you wouldn't publish anything unless there was a reason for you to publish it on that day that made it timely and relevant so I guess I had this innate sense of what kind of as a journalist obviously you're creating content particularly in the kind of digital world it's 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 all about the click so you're creating content which is designed to get people to engage with you so I had a sense of of what people were interested in but also how important timing was uh, I was used to not working with the sort of sillier awareness dates because working for I worked for the Guardian and they were they were a bit kind of like not snotty about it but you know there were only certain ones we we're allowed to use but um I was used to thinking about, you know, key, you know, breast cancer awareness week or miscarriage awareness week. I was used to sort of thinking about those kind of dates on the diary and planning content ahead as well. So I was used to kind of you know, looking ahead in July or August and thinking about what I was going to do at Christmas. And it was something that other people seemed to be struggling with. So as my long-winded explanation for how I suddenly thought to myself, oh, wouldn't it be good if there was a planner that had all these kind of awareness days and key dates in them? Because there, there are many websites that you can go to that have got awareness days and key dates. And wouldn't, there, wouldn't it be good if there was somewhere where you could just kind of write down what you're planning to, to, to and actually then I was more helping people with press coverage rather than social media content or website content. But wouldn't it be good if there was just somewhere where you could sit and you could plan and you could think and, and you could you know, jot down your ideas and be more strategic? I think that's the, the real key thing about it. So in my kind of usual way, I think I had the idea, which is I now realize is a really bad time to, to, to launch a planner for sales. It's not the worst, but it, the earlier, the better. But I had the idea, I think, the first time in November and I just thought right okay let's see if people will buy this so I got my designer to knock up a picture of what this planner would look like just the front cover I kind of said what would be inside it I created a really simple landing page using a tool called lead pages which a lot of people were using at the time and I said it was going to be 1950 <laughs> if people bought it before a certain date so I did like a test offer and enough people bought it like not in the numbers that buy it now but I think it was probably over 100 I can't even remember to be honest but it was basically enough to justify the cost of printing it I did some sort of initial research just to get a sense of how much it would be to to print it um you know I had a rough sense of how many well not a rough sense I had a sense of how many pages it would be uh what kind of binding what kind of materials we would use so I knew roughly what my break-even point would be and that first year it was really about will people buy this can I break even I didn't really have any plans further than that I've, I've ended up like creating this whole planner business which is ironic because I'm actually quite a disorganized person <laughs> in lots of ways but um but yeah it just kind of started by accident and I did a lot of things there that I probably didn't even realize I was doing like research and development and testing and creating a prototype I, I just kind of did it people bought it so I made it and sold it 
and each year I've just tried to make it better and better. Thank you for that. And I think actually what you did was really smart. So having, you know, mocking up something and selling it before you'd actually printed out hundreds um, seems like a really good way around. And I found it, I smiled a little bit when you said that you launched it in November, because I know now I see you talking about your planner like so much in advance of that. And we'll talk about that later. Um, so let's talk a bit about the process of creating a planner, if you don't mind. And we'll only go into this sort of in a broad sense, but it would be really useful, I think, to know what's involved in that and I'm sure that's evolved over the years as well as you've learned more about the process well this is the thing we were talking about this earlier a lot of people will dm me and just say hey I want to launch a planner can you give me the name of your printer that you use and um, we can talk more about why I don't give it later but what I will say at this stage is that is that there's a lot more to creating a planner than people people think and if you were to just ring up a printer and say, hey, I've got an idea, which some people do, I've got an idea for a planner, how much will it be? Well, they're not going to be able to tell you because they need to know how many pages, they need to know uh, what kind of paper you're using, they need to know uh, what kind of cover you're using. You might be using different different kind of material for the cover. They need to know about the binding. They need to know about what type of printing. There's So, so basically, you won't be able to get an accurate quote for printing your planner unless you can do all of that and you've basically created a plan it's called a flat plan where you plot out exactly what's going on each page and that's the thing that often puts people off but you will not be able to get a price on how much it's going to cost to print to to print and therefore whether or not you can afford to to make it whether you can make your money back a lot of the time people are just you know breaking even maybe the first time that they print it. It's very expensive to print planners that you can't sell or any publication that you can't sell, which is why I did exactly that. But I think the key thing is you've got to know, well, actually, let's step back a, a sec because I've immediately got into the kind of production, but there's a there's a lot of planners out there. If you go on Etsy, like there's planners for everything, like hair care or planners for your garden or planners for like so many like really really niche things and niche interests and there is actually often quite a lot of competition so I think the first thing is like is there a market for this will will people actually want to buy this and sometimes we have an idea for a planner and we think oh that would be really fun but only only we would like to do it it's interesting I bought a planner from um I bought a planner from uh, it's a piano practice planner and recently, and although I wasn't sort of keen on the the kind of way it was laid out, maybe that's another something else for me to go into the future. But like, um, oh, it, there aren't really many of those kind of resources around. So it's about you know doing a little bit of research, seeing what's out there. Just because there's already a planner in your space doesn't mean there isn't room for yours. By the way, um, that that doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it. Which I guess you would say the same with selling things on Amazon as well. Actually, sometimes it can be a good sign that there's there's already um, planners out there, but the first thing is, have you got, sometimes people come up to me with really kind of vague, like journal ideas that you kind of think, well, why, why would anyone want to buy that? How would it help them? And that's really what I'm getting to is like my planner, it's really clear. It solves two problems, helping you to get organized and to actually create the plan and also to, to and stick to it and come up with ideas. Like it solves a problem. So when somebody's thinking about investing their money in the planner, they can rationalize it and say, okay, well, if I spend that, it's £47 this year, then that's potentially going to save me this amount of time and money. And people generally, even when they're buying for 
themselves, you know, like hair care, or uh, there's even a planner for the curly girl method, I think, uh, or piano practice, they, they want to save themselves time or money, they want to be more productive. So I think that's your first step, actually, um, is, is doing some 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 research but even then you will not know whether anyone wants to buy it until you actually send people a link and ask them to buy it so that's how I approached it the, the way that I did you could make the most beautiful planet in the world that you think is amazing and that you want to you could also do research where you ask people like will they buy it and they might tell you that they will <laughs> but until you actually put it for sale you really do not know so you know you can make some good decisions based on on like looking at the market and seeing you know what what is selling there but if, if there's a big for me a planner is about often it's about a community it's 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 not a physical product you're often bringing people from a community where they have shared interests together so my planner it's not just a planner it's a community of people who care about planning you know the piano practice planner about you know bringing people together who are learning piano and want to get more organized and, and want to you know get better at piano so do some research about that then when you get to the actual product development it really is you, you do need to know some stuff and when it you know, people often say well how how much do you think it would cost me to print it I mean it depends like we've really developed our product from the first year we use much better quality products because we've obviously been able to to look at feedback and oh this got a bit scuffed in my bag so like may you know then we started to add a, a sort of um I can't even think what it is a kind of almost like a kind of film on the front of the cover to stop it from um get, you know this this year we've gone hardback like we've, we've completely you know we want to make them really durable and wearable um things like um wire bound or spiral bound for a planner I think it's really important to be able to open it out on the desk and be able to like turn it around and 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 be able to kind of it's got to be really usable so you need to actually sort of try things out like one bit of research I would say is if you want to sell a planner like buy some or go to the shop and spend some time looking at some and actually holding them and opening them and seeing what the potential problems are because something like whether it's spiral bound or perfect bound they call it um that can also impact on your pagination so um I knew this because I was from a publishing background but if you're going perfect bound as in you know not not spiral bound and uh, you can only go up or down in multiples of four so you can't kind of like suddenly uh, decide to take out a few you know add an extra page you have to add four pages or you, you can't suddenly decide to take out uh, a page you have to add you have to uh, take four out so I, th I think that you really need to like actually dive into this for any product like what is it that you're wanting to make like you know find out about it like go and look at some, like buy some, hold them, you know, try using them. Um, and then you can start to, if you ring up a printer, they'll start asking you like, you know, do you want matte or do you want gloss or do you, you know, they start asking like, if you, you know, that they'll, they'll be wanting to know, you know, with like a, you know, what kind of printing and stuff. And if you can't answer any of those questions, you're going to struggle to get off the starting block. So does that kind of help as a starting point? That's so helpful. Thank you. And I'm actually really, not, not surprised and not surprised how similar it is to any other kind of product that you create how the steps are so similar um and I think one thing you've touched on that's really key is the research bit and that's often the bit that people don't necessarily want to do and yeah. it's just so important because there's nothing worse than plowing forward and putting all your energy and enthusiasm into something just isn't going to sell whatever it is yeah and I think with the planner thing one thing that comes up a lot is well 
can I design it myself? And I'm like, well, yeah, again, you're thinking about pricing, like unless you are a designer and you have experience of creating a really high quality publication, then using Canva templates or using um, uh, creative markets, a resource that people use, it's not probably not going to look that professional. And so although this can be, you know, a lot of people want to do things on the cheap, but actually it's making decisions there. Well, do you want to create a really high quality product that's probably going to have a better profit margin for you because you can charge more for it? If you create something that's a bit homemade, you'll only be able to create you only be able to charge homemade if you like. Um, so um, I think it's, although it's hard, because like when you get an idea off and you just want to run with it, just taking the time to just think about some of these things and do your research and learn about learn about printing or publishing. Um, I, you know, I felt like I had an advantage because I'd worked on a newspaper and I knew about things like flat planning. Um, when I, I've got this online masterclass that I sell and it's like a massive penny drop moment when I teach people how to flat plan because they're like, oh my God, I, I didn't realize that you would have to know what was going to be on every page. And I was like, well, you don't need to know, like have every word written, but you do need to know what's on every page. And part of how you do that with a planner as well is, is looking at other planners and seeing how it's, how it's done. And, you know, if you're, if it's a dated planner, you're going to need to have certain sections of pages together. You're, you're going to need to have um, even just things like, you, you're going to want to have certain things on the right hand page um, and when I was checking our planner three before it went, <laughs> went to print I'm obsessive about this but I was just like really paranoid that the important pages wouldn't be on the right hand page because you know if, if you accidentally put a publication together and you split a spread that should be together or something like that there's actually publishing is a you know there's a reason why people go and learn how to do publishing you know because there is an art to putting a, a publication together and that's not to put anybody off as a newbie but it's just about you know educate yourself and printers will also if you want to get a good deal with a printer then the more that you know if every question they ask you you sound like you don't know what you're talking about there's probably more chance that they're going to um you know, I'm not saying that printers are going to rip anybody off or anything, but you're going to sound like a newbie. Whereas if you can get on there and have a conversation like somebody who knows what they're talking about, I think you're much more likely to be able to get the best deal, I think, for yourself. Yeah, and be taken a bit more seriously, I think, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of printers, Janet, you mentioned earlier that, you know, you don't want to tell people <laughs> which printer you use. And I'm, by the way, I'm completely with you on this. I do think it's a bit rude. People often say to me, oh, have you got a manufacturer who can make x y and I do but I don't share them but do you want to talk about that briefly yeah so I will often get dms from people um and sometimes they will have listened to a podcast that I've got on it and they'll have bought but they'll still say I can't find a printer and I'm like come on like what I recommend in my class which I don't mind sharing here is that you you do what you would do with anything you know if you were getting a decorator to come and do your house you'd probably get three three quotes wouldn't you you'd, you'd find three local people who offered the service that you that you wanted or three people who offered whatever service it was and then you would weigh up between them not just in cost but you would you know but for some reason people seem to think with the planner that it's some kind of dark art and I'm just like just google like printers ring up some printers tell them what it is that you're looking to do and then ask them you know would you print a publication of x number of pages um with you know this type of and and actually you can 
part of your research is to ring printers and say, look, you know, I've got an idea for this publication. It's probably going to be about this sort of pages. You can ask them to send you samples as well, because, you know, it's really important. I think if you're going to print a planner that you you hold the, the materials in your hand, you know, because again, if you get the wrong material and people are complaining after like two weeks because the planner is all scuffed or it's falling apart or whatever, like this stuff's really important. And so while you're doing your research and you're gathering your quotes, you can actually ask them to send you samples and, and you know, or you can go in and I, I would always say the first time you do it, it's actually really good if you can actually go into a printer and like to talk to them and and actually say, oh, could you show me an examples of other things that you've done? But I, I think, I don't know if the people get a bit scared or a bit lazy. <laughs> Um, but this idea that it's this dark art, it's just like, you know, find some people who are printers. If you just Google, you'll find printers, ring them up. If you have a look on the website, you'll normally get a sense of the kind of stuff that they've done before. Recommendations can be good, but the reason I don't share it is partly because it's, it's taken me years of research to find the right people. And we've kissed a few frogs along the way. But also just because they're the right printers for us doesn't mean that they will be the right printers for you because I don't know what your project is and, and I don't know what it is that you're trying to do. I'm six years on. So I, I used a very different printer the first time because my needs were very different. And and actually, I probably wouldn't recommend that someone starting out was doing what we were doing, like, you know, particularly if it's your first just kind of you kind of testing the other part of it is it's commercially sensitive so I have um I have um competitors who would probably love to know where I got my, my planner printed so that they could get a quote as well you know and we actually the people who work with me on my team when they work with me they have to sign a confidentiality like uh, agreement and if they were going around telling people who our printers were like they'd get they get the sack basically or you know whatever you can do to a contractor so I think it's also understanding how important you know you wouldn't I would say like you wouldn't go to like okay the Colonel Sanders and ask for the secret recipe would you that's it's equivalent of like that's what you're doing and I and I always feel so so I feel like there's that side of it it's commercially sensitive it's just having the name of a printer doesn't mean that's the right printer for you it's important that you do your research but also there's that side of it as if you ringing my printer, me giving you the name of my printer isn't going to get your project off the ground. What's going to get your planner project off the ground is you doing this research and you taking the time that you actually do need to talk to different printers, to hold the materials, to um, even things like size, you know, like every year we have people who complain that my planner is a4 they complain that it they want it to be a5 which is obviously a thing about products like you can never make it perfectly for, for anyone but but um you know there's a reason why it's not a5 um and that's through research and testing and you know and and it's it's not a random reason so to create a really great product that people actually want to buy and that you can charge you know a, what what that product is worth it's really important to do this research and it's not actually helpful for me to tell you the name of my printer but also that is commercially sensitive information I think if you're going to start out with a product that's just kind of basic know-how would you agree Vicky like you know just understanding business as well that you can't just go around asking people to to uh, give you their their suppliers you know that that you've never met or kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm always a bit surprised when people ask and think they can ask. Um, 
and I know I know that finding the right supplier whether it's a print or anything else is daunting for people I think that's the thing that people I work with often find the scariest and it is scary and it is daunting but like anything there is a process to it and I think if you've done your research and you're going into it confidence because you know exactly what you're looking for you've got you've got your spec I think that makes the whole thing so much easier because you can phone someone up and say can you do this and they'll say yes or no and if they say yes you'll ask for a prize and I know I'm simplifying it a bit but I think that research bit up front is the key to everything um, because that will dictate who you can work with as well you know based on what your margins might be Hmm. or the kind of price you're looking to all all of that will depend because like you say your printer won't be right for everyone because everyone's needs are going to be different and that's the same with all products Mm, definitely so Janet earlier you mentioned um you said the word community when you were talking about your planner and you mentioned that people weren't just buying a planner they were buying into a community which I totally get because I know there were even for planners I've been told this that there are planners that don't have like a formal community but there were like communities of people who like love that planner you know they get together to just talk about the planner and how they use the planner um but I know you actually have communities built around your planner so it'd be really good if you don't mind to talk about how your planner which is your physical product works alongside some of your services and perhaps how that's evolved a little bit over the years well I think what happened and I think it's just an entrepreneurial thing to do is that you have a product and you're always looking about how you can make it better or how you can make people's experience with that product or service better so I, I, I just started every year I'd notice things and I, I'd be looking at I'd be looking at the negatives basically like you know when I get that email saying oh, I'm not buying this year because um, I didn't didn't use my planner last year that's an opportunity to say okay well you know not to be offended but say oh but why did that person not use it and what could I do to either either make sure that that person you know that person could use it and get a better experience with the product or you know that whole separate issue it could be about you're not targeting the right people but um so what I noticed from the outset is that and this still happens it's still a problem that I'm trying to tackle in different ways every year is that so some people buy a planner and they think it's got like hundreds of awareness days and key dates and and they'll go right okay I've got my planner right so I don't need to do anything now um and their response can come out as oh right well I thought that I wasn't going to have to do anything and your planner was just going to be full of ideas and I don't have to do anything it can come out like that but I think what's really going on is panic and fear because just because you start a business my clients are mainly business owners that doesn't mean that you automatically know how to create engaging content so you've got all these dates but you know if you've never created social media content for a business like you don't know where to start so over the years I've tried to different things over the years to to try and um to to try and support people so Facebook groups is a really simple thing so having groups of people that can ask questions about how to use the planner but also other problems you know so people who are using my planner generally are they have things that come up with social media like challenges that they're having or you know there might there might be something new or like happened last night Facebook went down and Instagram and WhatsApp and yes, you know, so they, they want to talk to other people about about content creation. So we've had groups, but then what I started to notice actually is I had this this planner, but but not enough people were implementing. So they were buying the planner and then they weren't actually using it. So I was thinking, right, okay, what can I do to help? So community is one way, but then I started running these content planning events to give people accountability. So I started running annual content planning events. This year it's Courageous Content Live. Before that it was 
2021 sorted and 2020 sorted um, and I'd bring people together and we'd actually do the plan together at the event that's moved on even since then and now we're this year going to be creating content at the event as well as not just doing, doing the plan and then I then I, I was looking at some of the other problems that people had so they're busy and they they've got this planner but they're not quite sure how to turn the dates in this planner into um into content so I kind of thought what could I do to help so um I, I thought well maybe I could send people an email um with some ideas on how to use the dates every week but you know that's valuable information so why don't we charge for it so ended up really with planner event and a membership um which is designed to support people with the planner so you can either just buy the planner or you can buy the support package which in the past has included they get an email every Monday with these things I call grab and go posts where I, I just take about five or six of the dates and just just blast a load of questions that spark posts and people really like those and use those going forward um the content planning club that goes with the planner is, is going to be called the creators club um and there's also um co-working like weekly planning sessions so you put it on your calendar and you come together with others in the community to plan your content together um, monthly planning sessions quarterly uh, and then there's also monthly master classes so it's almost it's like a club for people who are who are into content planning or have to be into content planning because they have to create content for a business and all of those ideas from that product just came from thinking about how I could help people to use my product more effectively it wasn't like well how can I make more money from them which obviously is a perfectly valid thing to do is think about upsells and cross sales but it was more about how can I help people have a better experience of this product something that we're trying this year is is giving a, a masterclass alongside the planner so everyone who buys a planner gets this masterclass which will take them through basically how to use it and how to create ideas and give them examples so for that person who's stumped then they've got this resource I know from experience that an hour long an hour long video is you know video class might be really helpful but it's not going to take somebody who's never created content for a business before to suddenly creating viral content that's going to make them loads of sales unfortunately people do tend to think that that's the case <laughs> but um, it's going to it's going to help them get to the next level but some of those people may well choose to come and join the creators club because they want more support and ongoing advice and so it's about I've just seen lots of opportunities along the way I've actually dropped all of my other <laughs> things that I do because it's become so all-consuming this content content planning it's like a you know, whole niche in itself but I've just seen these ways to kind of add value but bring people together around the product and a really interesting thing that happens and this is maybe we can talk about this to do with your marketing and how you how you build your, your marketing up but in a couple of weeks from when we're recording this my planners will that obviously we still pre-sell them now so we still um, pre-sell them before they're made um, and um, that obviously gives us the confidence to go away and and print them because it's expensive to print thousands of planners uh not knowing if you can sell them but um we um when they when they actually kind of get dropped in in a couple of weeks i think it's the 20th of october they're due to land then we we run our event at the beginning of november and those people who are taking part in the event they they're privileged or part of the and their tickets they get their planner first as soon as the planners hit doormats like everybody's on social media sharing them like showing pictures of them videos of them using like people who love planners love planners so we've got stickers this year so everyone's going to be quite excited about their stickers i think we've got new packaging this year because that's another thing we have learned over the years about packaging and 
we've tried different things and we've had good experiences and bad experiences. So, we're, you know, we've got a new type of packaging, which will make it quite exciting, I think, when it drops through the door. Um, but there's there's all, all this kind of excitement and build up in community. And I think people who have one of my planners, they they see themselves as a planner owner, you know, and they're like, a, I've got a courageous content planner. And, and that's really, for I think a, a product to grow, that people need to almost like identify with it I've actually come up with this concept this year a curator so this is a, a courageous content creator like who, who is that well that person is somebody who shows up and, and uh, publishes content consistently they try not to you know they don't have to have everything worked out they just show up they just do it they just commit to getting better and better and it's about bringing together it's not just about selling the product, if you like, and the materials. It's about selling an almost like an idea or selling an identity. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, it's, it sounds more like an well, an experience as well yeah. as a product, yeah, yeah. and yeah. like being a part of something. And yeah, yeah, and I guess that feeling you get from being a, having this product and being part of a community. Yeah, yeah. you're in the you're in the club, you know. And, and I often think about um, like people who who's sort of so for example I was posting on my Facebook page yesterday about how people ask me if they can be an affiliate for my planner even though they have no intention of buying it can I sell it for you even though I have never had one before and I I um I don't have any intention of buying buying one well no you can't because I my personal values are I only want people promoting my products who know them and like them because it would feel disingenuous for me to do otherwise for someone else they don't care if somebody's selling their product that's fine but I think that's all part of it too as well like people buy into your values and although I'd probably be richer if I if I had people selling it for me um I, I think that that's all part of it as well and I think often I, I find product-based business owners when I'm helping them with their marketing they get very stuck into the product and what they forget is that like you say people are buying an experience they're buying they're buying the person often behind it or the culture behind it and the values and it's so much more than the actual physical product if that makes sense yeah that makes title sense and let's talk a bit more about the marketing if that's okay because I mentioned to you when I when we first started talking about this podcast that I always see you as someone who markets your product really really well and really ahead of time so can you perhaps talk for a little bit about what you do and then maybe if we've got time we can also cover some ideas for other product businesses as well yeah so I want to start by saying and (laughs) this is meant in the nicest possible way but one of the things that drives me mad about product-based businesses because I am one (laughs) as well as is, is they see themselves as differently as different in terms of marketing to service so I get asked a lot for example with my planner well will your planner work for me because I have a product-based business well I have a product too and I use it and I think that product-based businesses often get so bogged down in the fact that they're selling a product and they're not for all the reasons that we've, we've just talked about so so what they'll often be doing is just showing up and just posting pictures of their product. And that's all very well. And for some products, particularly very well-established ones, you know, people will just buy something because it looks beautiful. But for most products, people, they need more in terms of the content. So we, we have a really kind of quite a long build up to it. So we start promoting the next year's planner. Well, we start promoting it as soon as we sell out. We have a wait list that for the next year um but we'll start at july time so the planner goes on to, on sale in august 
it, like we started off in November and we've gone further and further back because we've realized that people like to buy planners earlier. We do a pre-launch, a pre-order week. Um, last year, it was the beginning of September. This year, we've brought it back to the end of, of August. And we don't just kind of rock up and go, hey, the planner's on pre-order. We have all, you know, we, we, we get people to vote on the covers. So we have eight covers and then people, we have a whole thing in June, July time where people get to vote down to the final four and people, oh my God, is mine going to be in the, in the final four or whatever? Um, and uh, and uh, we say that people pre-order, they will get their guaranteed choice of cover. When we get towards the end of our sales, because it is a seasonal planner, people sometimes just have to take whatever they can get and I have had people practically begging me there was a pink one one year and this woman was like surely you've got one at home like I'll even have a damaged one I was like well I wouldn't even sell you a damaged one if even I have one but but I don't but um so we kind of we build it up and and it's about making people feel part of the process so they're almost co-creating it with you and showing them behind the scenes and and you know, making them feel part of the launch, but not just rocking up and saying, hey, this is on sale now. It's about like having a build up. So when I think about my planner launch, like we start back in sort of June, July time and we start doing the kind of vote on the covers and then we have a wait list going throughout the summer and we're telling people when it's going to go on sale. It's only going to be available for pre-order for this one week and we usually do some kind of extra extra kind of uh, bonus during that week uh we're showing pictures of the cover and people are saying you know oh, I like this one I'm gonna get that one or whatever oh I'm not sure I can't decide so there's this whole kind of build up before it goes on sale and there's actually six phases to my plan of launch <laughs> I'm working with a, a new Facebook ads agency this year and they I think they've been a bit kind of shocked because the thing is if you're selling a product you can't sell it the same way for like we sell between August and January, you can't just keep rocking up with the same content. So we break it down into phases. And so we'll have, for example, we have our pre-order phase and then we move into our event and planner phase. But then in November, we start talking more about Christmas gifts. And then in December, we'll have a, a lead up to our, um, you know, our last Christmas posting and we have like gift sets that we sell and things like that. So, so we start back, we start in January, like when we want the last one to be sold, ideally. And we work back from that, but we know that we can't just keep selling it in the same way. So we have to almost seem, so I had a photo shoot done in the summer and I was out in my Christmas outfit and stuff having photos taken. And we had some new year like uh, photos because also the, the other thing, a key, a key phase for us is in between Christmas and new year, as soon as everyone's had Christmas, they're bored at home. It's a really big sales time for me. Um, so we, we switch our, the messaging in our promotion to kind of like okay you've had Christmas you're fed up of turkey and Christmas tv and chocolates like now you want to get sorted for next you know so we do a lot of sales in between Christmas and New year but for me it's about planning and and also just creating content for those different phases and making sure that you're switching it up and moving it does that kind of make sense it's it's, it's much more strategic I think probably than a lot of people would do I'm not saying it's perfect like get things wrong every year uh, but it's strategic and we think quite far ahead. Yeah, that's really helpful. Thank you. Um, and yeah, it is really interesting because as you say, I think with as a products business, and I also have products, so I'm and I've also been guilty of just posting pictures of my products um for lack of anything original, not even original, a lack of anything else to share. Um, what are some things that people can be thinking about with products businesses? I know you said it's the same as services. What can people kind of content can people be thinking about creating 
Okay, so one of the modifications we've made to the planner this year, so modifications, that makes it sound dull, it isn't, it's easier, but uh, we have these four stars of content. So I've come to the conclusion that, you know, most people are posting too much, four stars of content, four days a week is quite enough. And so there's four types, which I'll, I'll quickly take you through. So um, they spell out nice, which is handy to remember. So news and trends. So that might be about something, you know, breaking news in your industry. So let's say, for example, I don't know, you're, you're uh, trying to think of what product you might sell. Maybe you sell some kind of hair care product or something. And, um, you know, somebody, oh, what, what, what might be news and trends? Like somebody famous or something like that has, has suddenly started styling their hair in a certain way and um, your product really supports that. So, you, you, you know, you might do something like, oh, you know, at the Oscars, we saw that uh, Jennifer Aniston was styling her hair in this certain way and this is how you can do it and use our product so it's that kind of thing or it could just be breaking news about stuff that's happening in the industry or it could be about your own inspiration I think a lot of people don't realize that people don't always want to be sold to all the time they get bored of it and they don't want to be educated which is another type, type of concept we'll get to in a second so inspiration is when it's about making people feel better so for example I did a podcast interview with a lady who has a children's toy business wooden toy and she was posting a lot of products of, 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 her, of her, her pictures of her products I should say and I was saying actually people want to kind of like be inspired the values driving her business were actually about the reason she chose wooden toys is because she wanted she really values people passing on gifts like you know uh, down the uh, down the generations she values um you know looking after the environment so actually you could create content about if, if for that kind of business, you know, here's here's some ways to use less plastic, you know, which wouldn't seem immediately like, you know, or or here's how to, um, you know, uh, oh God, you know, here's, here's a really great uh, gift that you can buy that, you know, you can pass down the family or something like that. Um, then you've got community, which I think a lot of product-based businesses don't do enough. It's just about getting to know your audience. You can use awareness days like in my planner to do to, to inspire those kind of things so just asking questions like I ask questions all the time like what was your first car what was the first record that you bought and it doesn't work so well on Instagram uh, but community can be it, it's just about bringing people closer to you so product-based businesses what people love is behind the scenes they love seeing the making they love seeing you packing an order unpacking an order they love to see what it looks like in your studio or they, anything that's just behind the scenes into how you do what you do and that's community because that's about bringing people closer to you and that's the kind of stuff you can just pick up your phone and just do you know I, I, I'm haranguing our printers at the moment to say can they please send us some film of them of our printer of my planner on the press you know it's that kind of thing yeah um it's just about kind of making people feel part of your world Instagram stories is brilliant for that as well you know just just showing them what you've been up to what you're making today you know People love all of that. And the last one is educate. This is the ones that a lot of product-based businesses, they just don't get this. So I'm going to see if I can explain it in two minutes. Um, so people, a great place to start is to think about all the reasons people would not buy your, your product and the, or, or the problems that they have, which which might bring them to consider buying a product like yours. So I know with my, my planner, it solves two problems, people who are struggling for content ideas or people who are struggling to stick to, to a plan. So what kind of questions are those people gonna have? Not necessarily about my, my product. They're gonna have questions like, um, so how many times should I post on social media a week? Or um, what's the best platform for me to be on? So if I pick another random uh, product, so say you, you sell hairbrushes, so, 
what's the best hairbrush if you've got curly hair? Like, you know, is it really true uh, that you shouldn't brush your hair if you have curly hair? It is totally, by the way, <laughs> the natural curls. Um, so it's just about thinking about the problems that your ideal customers or clients have. A lot of people think, well, how will that help me? Because I sell a product. How is it going to make people buy my product? But they will. If they see you showing up, providing value, and they're going to want to come back. Like, why would they want to come back just to keep looking at pictures of your products? They, they wouldn't. Um, there's loads more that I, I could say on that, Vicky, but does that give you a bit of an idea into the kind of almost like mental shift that you need to take? That's really, really helpful. Thank you, Janet. Because I think it, you're right, it is a bit of a, of a shift because it's almost, yeah, I think you, I, for myself with my products, started off thinking really narrowly, like I can just talk about my products and nothing else. Um, but I think it just helps people to think a bit broader, yeah. and be a bit more creative as well. I'll mention just one more example, opinions too. People love to know what you believe. So I've had a TikTok that's done really well recently where I talked about why I don't give away the, the name of the, the, the company that prints my planner. You know, a lot of my, um, my ideal clients are small business owners. They have product products as well and they care about it and they identified with it so opinions um that that really comes under under community for me as well it's about you know it's about going further than that just physical product there's a there's a whole world a whole experience that's a good word that you use vicky i think that to describe it Perfect. thank you um i could ask you so many questions but i am really trying to be sensible and keep an eye on the time janet so i'm gonna ask you one more if that's okay and that is what would your top piece of advice be for product creators and makers who want to create really good engaging content so i think it would be to almost put your product aside and to focus on your ideal customer or client what problems does your product or service solve for them that's key but also what problems have they got that would bring you bring them to your product in the first place so to use you know hair products as an example my daughter does the curly the curly girl method and I bought her all sorts of stuff like silk caps and silk pillows and all that kind of stuff like just really thinking what else would that person you know want information on like my daughter watched a multitude of videos on how to you know you sell you might sell silk caps but actually your ideal client is also looking for the best brush to buy or they're also looking for the best um leave-in conditioner or whatever and, and actually sometimes it's a bit about being brave enough to talk about other people's products or methods because that's what your ideal customers or clients want and rather than making them not buy your stuff it will bring them closer because they will see you as an expert that's my actually top tip actually to finish is you instead of seeing yourself as someone who sells a product see yourself as an expert in the problem that your product solves if that makes sense that makes fantastic that total sense fantastic thank you for that yeah that really does make sense and I think it's about them being able to go to you for everything on that topic whether it's the curly girl methods or whatever and you being their go-to place rather than google yeah. or somewhere yeah, you're, you're, you're a resource you're not someone who sells a product you're a resource for them and some a community a place where they like to hang out because they get great information and they like being around you and the other people in your community oh, that's really inspiring thank you <laughs> thank you for that and finally finally before we finish i know that you've got a discount code haven't you for your planner for us i have so if you head to janetmurray.co.uk um and um my planner is on the main page if not just navigate to the menu and it'll say planner um, and if you 
when you go to the the desk, the desk, what do I mean? The desk, the checkout to buy my planner. <laughs> um, you will, uh, if you stick in the uh, voucher code Vicky, that will, with an I, that will give you a 10% discount on the planner and the event if you're, if you're buying before, before that, the event happens. Well, that's amazing. Well, thank you so much for that, Janet. And thank you for everything you've shared today. Well, thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end of this episode. If you enjoyed it, please do leave me a review. That really helps other people to find this podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and do tell your friends about it too if you think that they also might enjoy it. You can find me at vickyweinberg.com. There you'll find link to all of my social channels. You'll find lots more information, all of the past podcast episodes and lots of free resources too. So again, that's vickyweinberg.com. Take care, have a good week and see you next next time. If you've been inspired to start a podcast in 2024, I really recommend my podcast host, Captivate. Captivate were my top pick when I started podcasting four years ago because of how easy it was for a complete novice like me to get started. I've stuck with them for the last four years because Captivate is still really simple to use. They keep adding great new features like the ability to share ads like these and they've just been really reliable. So when you're ready to start your own podcast, you can use the link in the show notes and get a free seven-day trial with Captivate.